Welcome to Breaking Form, a podcast of poetry and culture. I'm Aaron Smith. And I am James Allen Hall. For those listening for the first time, we do this show in segments. We do literary games. We revisit books that we love. We gossip. We do. We interview. We shade. We laugh. And we are not for everyone. We are back for week two with our favorite Diane Seuss. You don't stop until you get enough, so we're not stopping. And last week's we think was so fun. We always say that, but it really is fun. We wouldn't do this if it wasn't fun. Exactly. And then this week I think is terrific. And Di even reads us one of her fantastic poems. Stay tuned. It will blow your socks into your no, hair it'll blow you hollow which is the name <laughs> of one of diane's books <laughs> but not the most recent one which is frank uh sonnets winner of the pulitzer prize as well as a few others go check out her work please if you could have the guy back or the chocolate back what would you have taken chocolate hello yeah. that's yeah. why I'm saying, yeah. i would just there's some things i would prefer to melt in my mouth and it's not usually the man <laughs> I, exactly <laughs> <laughs> the um the the person I saw at one of uh, at a high school reunion I was dragged to kicking and screaming, and he actually apologized and said he wished he you know had never done that and that was kind of cool you know That's we had cool. nothing in common I just mm-hmm. you know he was hot mm-hmm. yeah oh, we've all done that. We've all been there. The dick is a prison. (laughs) (laughs) It is. You're in there. And like all those tubes and wires, you can't get out. Clang, clang goes the trolley. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, but you got to be careful. (laughs) (laughs) You should have said to him, like, it's okay. The candy was really good. (laughs) And then walked away. (laughs) Yeah, you know, except I didn't like the jelly ones. Yeah, those are always a disappointment. (laughs) It's. I mean, it's shit. And donuts it, yeah. and in chocolate. Mm-hmm. I don't want a jelly in my chocolate. Mm-hmm. Please. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> so let me find. Well, you know, I'm taking this kinky approach to the subject. This is Emily D., Ms. Dickinson. And when I say wife in this poem, the it's in quotation marks. Mm-hmm. Her quotation marks. I'm wife. I've finished that, that other state. I'm czar. I'm woman now. It's safer so. How odd the girl's life looks behind this soft eclipse. I think that earth feels so to folks in heaven now. This being comfort. Then that other kind was pain. But why compare? I'm wife. Stop there. Hell yeah! You should. Uh, you should have an audiobook of Dickinson. You should all. I mean, really, I would pay to hear you. Oh, thank you. I love reading her. It was so funny, James, when you said that. It was like hearing Di read Dickinson so clearly right then, um, illustrated for me her influence on you. 
you reading her and it's like, sure, I could see it, but you reading it, I'm like a hundred percent. She's one of your huge influences. Like I could just, you internalized it so much. Like the reading, the way you feel it. Yeah. I would love to hear. There's a new app that you see where you could hear Snoop Dogg read the Bible. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. I want that. <laughs> I think it's free. I might be able to take it. <laughs> yeah. And then I think we should have die reading um, Dickinson. Yeah. So yeah. I do it. I would do it. And you know what I love in her poems is they're so corkscrewed. Like this one. So I'm wife. I finished that. So what's that? You know, Mm -hmm. that other state. She hasn't named it yet. I'm czar. I'm woman. Now it's safer. So, so she's really being snarky, right? Like, oh, I'm wife. I'm woman now. So that other state, how odd the girl's life looks. Behind this soft eclipse, you know, this wife is as an eclipse of girl. I think that earth feels so to folks in heaven now. This being comfort. Then that other kind was pain. But why compare? I'm wife. Stop there. So it's like, why think, right? Why consider, why be an intelligent being? I'm wife. I have the label. I don't think anymore, you know, Mm, stop there. Yeah. And that's why she was never wife. You know, she was never wife. Right. I was thinking of that other Dickinson poem too, titled divine is mine. Oh, that's, I have a little essay about that. Oh, do you really? Yes, it's not very good, probably, but it's on how she is one from her. I learn that to begin with a declarative divine is mine. I mean, how many people start a poem there, you Mm. know, start with a declarative, start with a declaration. And then what, you know, I'm white or like probably one of my many favorites of hers is I'm seated. I've stopped being theirs. And, um, and, you know, she talks about like, I'm not a kid anymore. The, the books and dolls have been put away. Um, but her use of that word seated, C E D E D. So like secession, um, but also the homonym of seed Right. Yeah. And, um, you know, the whole there's just such a revolutionary sense of self in her poems. And like, can I say a really short one? Yeah, please. Much madness is divinest sense to a discerning eye. Much sense, the starkest madness. Tis the majority in this as all prevail. Ascent, and you are sane. Demur, you're straightway dangerous and handled with a chain. So say yes, you're you're sane. Say no, turn away, you know, you're dangerous and handled with a chain. Which, I mean, so, which means that you don't get to, right? You, you're forced to ascent. Yeah. 
Or you're called crazy, which she has been called through literary history. I want the record to reflect that Di recited that from memory. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. You know, probably the the poem um, of hers that saves me the most is um, after great pain, a formal feeling comes. The nerves sit ceremonious like tombs. The stiff heart questions, was it he that bore? And yesterday or centuries before? The feet mechanical go round of ground or air or aught. A wooden way, regardless grown. A quartz contentment like a stone. This is the hour of lead. Remembered, if outlived, as freezing persons recollect the snow. First chill, then stupor, then the letting go. I love that you pronounce her dashes. Like, you don't pronounce, but you leave the space for them. You Mm -hmm. really, I love the attention you give to her form. Mm. You know, that, to me, that is the greatest great breakup poem of all. You know, I mean, it's it's death after great pain, you know, Mm -hmm. after loss. A formal feeling comes. Button up. Both. Yeah, button up, formal, but also the need for form, Mm. you know? Yeah. I love how Dickinson complicates um, loss, complicates the very thing you're supposed to want, wife, right? Mm. You know, she she felt great passion, I think, but she was real clear. I mean, I would ask my students when I would teach her, what would her fate have been in the middle 1800s if she had been wife? You know, how many children Mm -hmm. dying in childbirth, children dying, you know, she wouldn't have been writing poems. I mean, she set up a life for herself that was conducive to her art. She was that loyal to poetry. That's what I want to be. This is a probably familiar poem to a lot of people, but it seemed perfect for a breakup poem. Uh, Failing and Flying by Jack Gilbert. Everyone forgets that Icarus also flew. It's the same when love comes to an end or the marriage fails and people say they knew it was a mistake, that everybody said it would never work that she was old enough to know better. But anything worth doing is worth doing badly. (laughs) Like being there by that summer ocean on the other side of the island while love was fading out of her. The stars burning so extravagantly those nights that anyone could tell you that they would never last. Every morning she was asleep in my bed like a visitation the gentleness in her like antelope standing in the dawn mist. Each afternoon, I watched her coming back through the hot stony field after swimming, the sea light behind her and the huge sky on the other side of that. 
listened to her while we ate lunch. How can they say the marriage failed? Like the people who came back from Provence when it was Provence and said it was pretty, but the food was greasy. I believe Icarus was not failing as he fell, but just coming to the end of his triumph. Hmm. Wow. I think he is a one of a kind in a way. I do too. And I feel like a lot of people like are divided. Some people don't like him at all. Um, I do feel like in this one too, he always, I think, I don't know the right word, like, gets really close to the edge of almost too much. Yes. There was a moment I when I was reading it, I was like, ooh, mm-hmm. when he um the antelope thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um because whenever women are constructed as sort of graceful and lithe and you know, I mm-hmm. part of me cringes, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um it's just such a I don't know. Aren't we over that? Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah. Well, obviously, he's renegotiating the idea of a failed relationship, right? It's not that it failed. It's that it came to the end of its triumph, mm. which is kind of a cool way to think about it. I'll never manage it. I think you have to have a certain level. <laughs> <laughs> This is going to be good. A certain what? <laughs> um, well, it's sad. Like a level of self <laughs> self esteem. Oh, uh-huh. <laughs> to to be like, well, you know, we just came to the end of our triumph. Instead, I'm like one of those people who's like, "Fuck you." <laughs> I think we should all be breaking up with people by saying, "Darling." We have come to the end of our triumph. <laughs> have a lovely day. <laughs> he must have thought this like 30 years after she split. Mm. Right. Mm. So, Di, we're hoping that one of these breakup poems is one of yours. Do you perhaps have one? Well, okay. So this, I'm not sure this is a breakup poem, but it the camera wheels way back. And it looks at love as an idea. Um, and I go through sort of the debasing of love. And, and then I try to get somewhere else by the end. Um, and it's called Love Letter. But what can it be if love is a past tense event? And what was love then, according to my brain? And what is love now? And how do I direct it like a beam with the power to excise all that is not love? For a time, I believed getting and keeping love required lace, procuring lace and arranging it on my body in a certain way. Isn't that funny and or strange? I modulated my voice to the northern region of its register reddened my lips. This was love's drapery and music and face. If you've read Madame Bovary, if you've read Gothic romance, you know the denouement of that arc. 
When I first read the word denouement out loud, my ex-husband laughed at my mispronunciation. I said denouement. I include it here as an illustration of the fact that love does not conquer all. Now when I think of love, it's like focusing too hard on the mechanisms of blinking or breathing. You can be blinded or suffocated by that degree of self-consciousness. Like a love letter, love seems to me to exist on a thin plane, a disintegrating page covered in words, scratched under the surface with purple disappearing ink cooked up in a chemistry lab. I'm sure I've written a love letter here and there, something gauche, a performance designed toward the specific outcome of eternity. I read of a feral dog who could only be captured by putting the soiled blankets of her puppies in a live trap. This is my metaphor for a love letter. I own a letter my father wrote my mother when they were newly in love. The stationery is small and decorated with a garish deep red rose in aching bloom. He spends most of his language's currency bemoaning his bad spelling. No wonder she found him charming. For my people, it is the flaw that counts, but not for all people. Our narrative is an object lesson in the fact that flawed people deserve to be loved at least for a while. That's the ephemeral part. I'm much too sturdy now to invest in the ephemeral. No, I do not own lace curtains. It's clear we die a hundred times before we die. The selves that were gauzy, soft, sweet, capable of throwing themselves away on love, died young. They sacrificed themselves to the long haul. Picture girls in white nighties jumping off a cliff into the sea. I want to say, don't mistake this for cynicism, but of course it is cynicism. Cynicism is a go-to I no longer have the energy to resist. It's like living with a vampire. Finally, just get it over with. Bite me. I find it almost offensive to use the word love in relation to people I actually love. The word has jumped off so many cliffs into so many seas. What can it now signify? Shall I use the word affinity like J.D. Salinger, not a good man, put into the mouths of his child genius characters? I have an affinity for my parents an affinity for you. I will make sure you are fed and clothed. I will listen to you endlessly. I will protect your privacy, even if it means removing myself from the equation. Do those sound like wedding vows? Are they indiscriminate? Well, then I am indiscriminate. I am married to the world. I have worked it all out in front of you. Isn't that a kind of nakedness? You have called for a love letter. This is a love letter. I love that you get to say, bite me. And it's funny (laughs) and sweet. (laughs) And 
like angry a little bit too. Like there's mm-hmm. a fucking vampire in my house. You know, yeah. I it, it just resonates on so many levels. Thank you. And I can I say this. Um, I've learned so much from both of you and from your your poems and your books, and it's so cool because you're both just out or just about out um, with new books. And I wonder, can you each say just a few words about each of your new books and how people can find them? Um, They're both, you know, they're really, um, they're very different from each other, which is interesting from two people who are such good friends, Um, which says everything about your friendship. Um, and I, I don't want to over label here, but I'll just say that James book, um, has a, um, a lushness and a narrative, um, richness, um, that is really extraordinary, especially for these times. And then Aaron's book is just got this bone chilling spareness, um, and so they're a good, they're good together. They, they would be great to teach together. So could you each just say a little bit about your books? How do you follow up Diane Seuss talking about your book? <laughs> I mean, how do you, I'm struck. Because oh. they're great books. Well, but it's think, like um, what think. Diane just said. No. What Diane just said. <laughs> <laughs> well, so say the titles of your books, because I think those are, um, those sort of, reveal a lot about the the innards of each of the books my book is called romantic comedy and it's about the sort of scripts that were given um for the lives that we're supposed to lead and how queer people have to reinvent that script uh toss it out the window burn it down to the ground and then invent the lives that have happy endings for them because all of the narratives that were fed are um and an autopsy basically so where's queer yes joy? that's so true yeah and i think so aaron true. thinks about queer joy too yeah i do i mean <laughs> mine's called mine's called stop lying and i i wrote mine in the wake of huge grief and i just wanted to get as close as i could to the essential and mm-hmm. i just wanted the language to just be as accurate because i think the longer i went without writing it, I would have forgotten. And I even in some poems get rid of as much connective tissue as I can. Um, and also try to merge that story with the story of being queer in childhood. And, you know, and then in the middle of the book, James and I talk about queer joy. There's been some really fucking fantastic times in my life and people and all of us here, like, you know, would I know you all if I weren't queer, if I weren't a poet? I mean, all these things lead to the next thing. And I feel that, you know, with James's book, like I I published this is before James and I knew, knew each other well, and you and Diane didn't really know James when she chose his book. Like you no, got to right. know each other after. That's I think right. that's important yeah. to point out. Yeah, um, thank you. I published romantic comedy when I was the poetry editor of Bloom, the one goddamn, goddamn. I am still oh. in awe of that poem. It's I count it as one of my favorite poems, and it has that James Allen Hall like saying goddamn <laughs> over and over his that almost humor. But then it's like whatever the um, 
the the groom is fucking the bridesmaid the the what is the maid of honor yeah and the way you talk about i forget the way there's like wetness there there's something right yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> of course you know we're not going to go into anything else about that right now. <laughs> says, we've had that conversation yeah he just yeah. says like oh you're wet like you have that yeah. way that he's saying this thing and he's mm-hmm. just gotten married i mean but that's so your aesthetic it's this gorgeousness this crassness and then this transgression inside of it i mean there's violence in in that romantic comedy and and um trauma and um but not it's not one note it's so there's so many strings playing in that book um as you know james and as you're saying aaron about yours i mean it's so spare and sort of um I mean, the title is perfect. Stop lying, you know, and and I I believe you're talking. I, I hope you're speaking to us tangentially, but but more to yourself. Don't let yourself lie. Tell the goddamn truth in these poems because there's so much bullshit, you know, in poems. And and yet at the center of those spare oysters are these tender pearls. Yeah. So it's such an interesting thing that, you know, James poems have this sort of, I mean, the title alone, romantic comedy and, and this sort of, um, it, it reminds me of sort of Bacchus in a way, you know, a, a Bacchus feeling, but also they hold violence and, and, um, you know, horrible grief and um, what's the word being transgressed against, you know, and then Aaron's book is so overt with its loss and grief and rage. And then at the center, we find this tenderness. I guess that's where you two meet, you know, in, in your friendship. And also to speak up when something doesn't feel right. And and I trust you both to do that. Thank God. And when is when is your new book gonna come out? When do we get a new book um, from Diane March Seuss? of next year, March 24. From so Grey Wolf? Uh, almost uh yeah. Great. They're not going to let her go. She's like, no, I don't think so. <laughs> they be- they like, better if they know like good bitch, you better stay right here. That's all yes, I'm saying. I love right? it. I love it. I will never break up with you, Diane Sears. It's always I will be love never here. break up with either of you. I love this. Love to you both. Yeah. See you soon. Bye, darling. Bye, Bye. for now. Aaron Smith. Diane Seuss is not with us, but she was. Listen, there wasn't much to fact check, to be honest with you. Okay. So the only thing I really want to mention is that uh, Di talks about her essay about Dickinson, um, the poem uh, Divine is Mine. So Mm -hmm. the essay is called Divine is Mine, Poetry's Reckless Declarations. It appears in The Practicing Poet Writing Beyond the Basics, edited by Diane Lockwood and published in 2018 by Terrapin Books. Um, And we'll put a lot of um, Dickinson links in the show notes. You'll want to see it, including like links to 
the fascicles that have Dickinson's actual handwriting of the poems, which I always think are really fascinating to see. And the last thing I'll say is that denouement, the French word that Di mentions in her poem, Love Letter, such mm-hmm. a fabulous poem, uh, comes from the, the French that means an unknotting. I knew that because I teach Introduction to Creative Writing. Isn't that amazing? And I love yes. unknotting. Yeah. Unknotting. Um, I bet the essay that she wrote is good, even though she was saying that it wasn't. I bet it's, it's good. It's a yeah. good, smart, and quick read. It's about a page and a half. So Excellent. I have it linked in the show notes. So go check it out. Well, I hope that you enjoyed our breakup episode. And um, I hope you all could break a lot of hearts this week. Break all of those hearts. That's mm-hmm. right. Shatter them. Yeah. Shatter them. Sweep them into the fucking gutter where they belong. Hey, everyone. If you enjoyed today's Breaking Form, Please follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Breaking Form Pod. Review us with five stars on Apple. And we'd love it if you'd support us by buying our books. Links are in the show notes. And remember, we're not for everyone. Bite me.